Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We'll be at an eclectic array of guests, as uh, always. Uh, Alex Horn from Taskmaster Andy joined us, didn't he? Yeah, he was on very good form. Uh, Chris Nash, uh, you picked up that he was being very funny on Twitter, the batsman, so we had a chat with him. Yeah, uh, Moose knots. came on, didn't he? Yeah, the yeah, Moose Moose came on with... Yeah. His quiz and uh, um, Bob Bubka. I enjoyed speaking to Bob. It would have been day one of the Masters today, so uh, we sort of had a sort of idea of what he might have been up to, and it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, and dance, of course, with uh, another thrilling instalment of Steve Bruce's Who Done It Striker, and here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. I'm a bit all over the place today. I decided Why to this? sit outside. Well, I decided to sit outside in the period between when we had our meeting and the show starting. I thought, oh, I'll just get a bit of sun. I sit outside in the court, courtyard sort of thing. Mm. I completely forgot at the time. I completely forgot I hadn't even written up my notes. It was really Tremendous. frantic. Yeah, you're not on holiday, mate. Yeah, just... <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Anyway, I heard it's very funny because the kids don't want us to go out at all. It's, it's very sweet, actually. Mm. They just think it's too risky. So they've organised shopping to come in. I told you yesterday, Paul. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but I heard Sue telling, I heard Sue telling one of her friends, she said, Oh, yes, the kids can send us shopping from Hokkaido. <laughs> what, from Japan? Okay, me. That's a hell of a trip. It's brilliant. You don't it? It's all got to be tinned and packets, isn't it, really, if it's coming from that far? Hokkaido. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. off. He's Hokkaido, a coffin yes. fit. Yeah. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. Mm. And Dame Vera Lynn has uh, re-recorded We'll Meet Again with <laughs> You're Catherine obsessed with this song, Andy. You are. Of course, good news, though. Well, it's a big... Part isn't it? You know, yeah. with we'll meet, we'll meet again with Catherine Jenkins. Oh, and okay. I was thinking, oh, why don't you record it with Stormzy? I'd be a lot better. I <laughs> <laughs> Dame Vera Lynn and Stormzy. That works yeah, for that's me. Multi-generational. <laughs> that's a nice idea, Andy. Yeah, I'm sure Stormzy would be up and, for it. <laughs> I've got one for you here. Where is it? They. Oh yeah, here it is. Dog friendly. Uh, hmm. They're coming up with this idea of uh, a virtual sort of basically like a virtual crafts. So for example, you send in a picture of your dog, yeah. and if they like the look of it and everything, you can win rosettes and prizes. So I thought it'd be great if you entered Molly into the uh, into the oh, sort yeah. of competition, and I'd like to see you. You know how they run their dogs into crafts? You see that sort of funny run they do. No <laughs> chance. Go to the garden and do that. Oh, go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My dog is, she's loving these walks at the moment, not just because she gets lots of exercise, but because, 
you've got um, lots of people out there going for walks that wouldn't normally, especially walking with the kids. The kids are eating bananas and they're lobbing the kind of skins either, wherever, either in the kind of woods near us or kind of in the street or in the bushes. Mm. And she loves a banana well, skin. So she loves a banana. So she, oh yeah, she'll eat the skin. So she's having that many banana skins at the moment. It's just a joy for us. You can't. It's, it's almost like fifes have had a closing down sale or something. It's brilliant for us. Are so, they? Bio, uh, they're biodegradable, aren't they? Oh yeah, of course. They'd rot like anything else. I mean, you don't want to slip over one. It's a great comedy moment. But they're not lying in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the street. People are kind of, sort of lobbing them into bushes. They should find a bin if they can, of course. But uh, what the point I was making is, uh, she's basically would be terrible at the obedience. And if I was running alongside her the way they do at Crufts, uh, and as soon as she smelt a banana skin, she sort of dragged me backwards into a bush. So I've got absolutely no chance of getting a rosette, I'm afraid. Um, oh, I don't always agree with Adrian Durham when it comes to uh, Spurs when he's given us a kicking. But I could not disagree uh, with him last night on the show. And he was saying, in terms of PR, Tottenham have stunk the place out in the last uh, couple mm. of weeks. Uh, maybe culminating with the... Uh, exercise session for a few of the players. I mean, I generally would applaud the idea of uh, Tangi and Dombele uh, doing some uh, fitness work with the manager because I'm fully expecting once Tottenham get back to playing to see a picture of him in the programme holding up an old pair of his trousers. That's, that's, <laughs> I think that, that, I think that, that should be the cover of the first game back from Tottenham fans' be, point of view. That'll, give us, good, all, that'll give us all a lift, yeah, yeah. That'll be excellent. And uh, on the similar similar line, though, I mean, I think I applaud what the footballers have done. I know Jordan Henderson, big part of it, and all of them getting together, and a lot of the footballers I follow on Instagram all put up that same notice. And and yet, some people still not happy. Oh, why didn't they do it earlier? And all the, honestly, these people are so cynical. They're never ever going to be happy mm. with footballers, are they? Whatever they do, it's not enough. You know, hello, I've just devoted my entire wage packet for the next year to the NHS. No, it's not enough. Sorry, should have done two years. You know, it is a bit much, really. There are other people with money in this country other than footballers. Um, what else have we got? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, while you're doing that, Andy, there was a very good point made by Meza Ozil's agent, who's been on the show with us in the past, but he was making the point that the first thing they should have looked to do from almost from day one is defer player salaries. Then they could have bought themselves some time to start talking about mm. uh, donations, just give themselves... Uh, money in the coffers, and it, they, he felt that most players would have agreed to deferments for a few months to give the clubs breathing space, give everybody breathing space. And they are doing that now, but it's surprising it has taken that long. And he did have a point that they, they do get a bad rap agents, obviously. Uh, but maybe they should have been a bit more involved in some of this process. They're, you know, they're close to the players' finances, and they would have had something to offer on this, and not all of it would have been negative. So it, it does seem strange that they didn't make a move on that straight away. But anyway, sorry, serious point. Giving, buying you some time to come up with some froth. <laughs> it's my whole life froth. Yeah, uh, Britain's first Frankenstein. Britain's first Frankenstein museum. See what I mean? For the spot where. It's <laughs> back the spot where author Mary Shelley wrote the gothic novel. It's going to be in Bath. I thought surely it should be in Munster. We're not oh, a better place for that's it. it. That's, that's a nice idea. That'd be good, the Frankenstein Museum. That'd be fantastic. I'll be going along there. Do you, do you want a call subject for today? We yeah, go on then, yeah. But we didn't do it. It's Roger Federer hmm. uh, being photographed in a fedora. And I thought, Roger Federer in a fedora. What about Mark Beanie in a beanie? 
Yeah. The batsman Peter Bowler in a bowler. And then I had Tamo Shanti Abrams. <laughs> Pretty poor, really. <laughs> but uh, if the listeners want to come up with any of those hat-based sportsmen, I'd be happy to hear about that. What, the, 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 the springboard for this was, was it really um, Roger Federer in a fedora? Do you put him in a fedora? Yeah, I'm Dr. just Juice. showing you this picture. Okay, no, why, is, why did he why did he put that on, Roger Fedora? Why did he put it on? Did, well, do we know I why? Know, let's just, get him on line just one. To, just to, yeah. Well, <laughs> look, he, he's not the easiest of bookings, but we'll, we'll set the producer to work this afternoon, make him earn his money. We want to know why Roger Federer was wearing a fedora. See if we can uh, we can find out today. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. And, well, uh, and go on, one more on quick one. So one, more, yeah. one more. One more. One more. One more. Planning news. Planning mm. news. Planning news. A former tennis player Greg Rosetsky's plans to set up a wellness retreat at his home has caused a backlash. After being stopped from building a court on his land, the ex-number uh, one, British number one, 46, who cares, now hopes to help people ease their stress with yoga and creative art workshops. Nice. But the new proposals by the Canadian-born star, says the star, at his property in Curdford in West Sussex have caused uh, controversy. So apparently the council are expected to give a decision next month. Ooh, so that's in the balance. Well, that's fantastic planning news Andy we'll, we'll keep a close eye on that we won't maybe follow it as closely as we did Kevin Keegan's extension that time because that, that kind of I think it engulfed us all didn't it really it became all encompassing the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport Andy just mentioned that uh, Roger Federer was um, spotted in a fedora by one of the newspapers and uh, he went a bit doctor's use on us and you've joined in uh, Bob and Arbroath gives us George Berry in a beret uh, Mark Fillmore gives us Ian Walker in a deer stalker. Uh, Paul Forrestal gives us Clive Walker, basically anybody called uh, Walker in a deer stalker. Michael gives us uh, Sean Goter in a boater. All nice ideas. Uh, That's you can, good. It's a bit childish. <laughs> Keep them coming. Talksport.com, text 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. Um, well, I've been enjoying the tweets of Chris Nash, the uh, Knott's batsman. He's been on fine form. Um, I'm going to give you a flavour of what he's been doing. If we have to play behind closed doors, I'm going to miss the old boy on the top tier telling me how crap I am and 10 minutes later <laughs> asking me to sign a picture of Graham Swan. Uh, he also said, opening the batting has been great preparation for isolation, going for a short stroll at 11am and then sit around all day drinking tea from 11.02. Oh, and, dear. And a couple of days ago, on what should be the eve of the first-class cricket season, I should be sitting in a hotel off the A14 eating my first hotel burger of the season in a cold sweat over which physics student with a double-barreled name will get me out tomorrow with a 76-mile-per-hour in-swing. <laughs> and, uh, I've been very, reading some. They're very funny. But joining us now, Chris Nash. Good afternoon, Chris. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks oh, for having me on. Oh, there could be a book in it Pleasure. for you at the end of this. You, you, marvellous. <laughs> Very Enjoy amusing. Yeah, well, to be honest, it's probably, you know, this is probably the highlight of my career being on here. I think all, all the years of being, playing, playing professional cricket have never been invited on, but um, a couple of tweets <laughs> and I, I get myself on the radio. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this could be the, this could the, be the, the highest accolade I've achieved. The fickle finger of celebrity and all that is what it takes. Is the, the power of Twitter. And what I mean, in all seriousness, it, it must be these must be very strange times. You know, we we were hearing recently from uh, Gareth Batty and talking about the pattern of your life for years and years. And these these sort of same rhythm of your life. When you're going to do this? When you're going to do that? As a professional sports person, and that's all out of kilter at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, normally the sun comes out. We're normally, you know, playing cricket. We're training. We're we're getting ready for the first championship game, which which would have been on Sunday. So, yeah, it is. It just really puts you out of kilter. I think you've got to mentally tune yourself into into a different way of life for a short period. Um, 
I mean, this is, this is I suppose, April is a bit similar to our October. We normally get October off where we do a bit of work in the mornings, kind of go for a run or something, and then sit around and watch Homes Under the Hammer and A Place in the Sun. So it's, um, <laughs> it's kind of probably using October as our template and, uh, and using that for the next few weeks. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly you know, very strange not being out of cricket field. Yeah, it's to be hoped, Chris, isn't it, that at the end of the season, when often the weather is quite nice, you, there are a few setters where you think, oh, they could be playing cricket here, but, you know, they're not because the season's ended. So hopefully that time will be able to be used. But it's a bit ironic, isn't it, at the moment, the weather's really lovely, and often in April it isn't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, some of, some of the games we've played, I mean, you normally get your university games in, in first, as, as you alluded to earlier, but um, you're normally wearing your beanie hats. We've played in snow, we play in anything, so... Normally, this kind of time of year, you're just trying to get outside, get as much cricket as possible. So it doesn't really matter what the weather is, you go out and play. So, yeah, fielding, fielding second slip or, you know, fielding in the covers isn't particularly pleasant. But obviously, with the weather, it would have been great fun. Uh, a number of the teams have been furloughed in the county championship, but I understand knots have not done that yet, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're, we as a squad and, and most of the players now, obviously, the, the agreement between the PCA um, and the ECB... Um, I think that obviously gave a template and we're just waiting on what the county decide. I think each county is going through through what it means to them um, and we'll obviously hear more about it in the coming days. Um, and the cricket is not, without a, say, a central contract for England, a, a county cricket is not the most lucrative, lucrative of sports, is it? I think people should maybe appreciate that. Oh, definitely. I think it's trying to compare yourself. I suppose, obviously, you know, you've got your Premier League footballers and stuff like that. And, and it's a very, very, it's probably more like lower leagues, I suppose, where it's, um, I mean, that's, that's the way it is. We're, we're very fortunate to play professional sport, but it's, um, it's by no means in that league. I mean, we don't have home gyms and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I've got a little bike in my back room, um, which I kind of do, do a few minutes on each day. But it's, um, yeah, it's a slightly different world. But again, it's, it's a great thing to do to play professional cricket and, um, and enjoy travelling around. Did you see the viral of the Chris? I, you probably did because it went around all cricket people. But the, the bloke playing in his room and he knocks it for a single, and then he runs onto the running machine and goes for a quick single. I thought that was pretty ingenious. Yeah. I mean, you get. I mean, that, that's what I think everyone's sitting at home kind of. I think I've never had so many likes or you know videos sent through to me in my life. So it's. Um, I think that's what people are doing, aren't they? They're, they're watching stuff like that, and it, it's kind of creating a bit of a light amusement during quite a tough time so I think people have been inventive with what they're doing and what they're posting and it's uh, it's been quite interesting what's the thing with you and Luke Wright about I see one of your tweets here about Nespresso what's that about <laughs> about Nespresso I'm, I'm not sure I can't remember that I mean look me and Wright you've put as an example thanks so much Nespresso for the delivery of my coffee pods that I paid for and there's like one <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what he he was getting at was people um people putting stuff up you know I know, you buy a pair of full price shoes from the shop and then post saying thank you Adidas or thank you Nike for your shoes and <laughs> you know when it's not oh, yeah, free yeah. Some, it was just me going at, going at that kind of thing saying they're the kind of rules I think I think, I think in terms of the county cricketers I've, I've designated myself a bit of a policeman in making sure people don't put any stupid tweets up <laughs> There's an interesting story today actually Chris um, one for your seamers really um, when cricket does come back, oh, yeah. one thing that uh, the experts are saying is no spitting on the ball. Um, I think that's a very bad idea. You know, uh, immunologists and experts from around the world saying the virus has been found in saliva. When cricket resumes, we don't want uh, we don't want seamers spitting on the ball. Well, I mean, I suppose as a batter, it's probably quite good because it means it won't swing for long. So mm. um, you look at that. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be all sorts of issues like that. 
Um, you know, you've got, what, 11, 11 fielders out there. The ball could get to any one of them and it could spread quickly. So I think they're all things that will obviously be be discussed. Um, have to figure all, all of those kind of things out to make sure the players are safe, you know, when we do get back out there. Might have to have a new ball every over. That won't be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't think I'll last long as a batter if you're doing that. So maybe this, this could be the end of me. I see, like everybody else, you've been getting stuck into the box sets, and I see Sunderland till I die. I see Ricky Clark has just tweeted that he's been getting into the test on Amazon Prime, probably hoping every game that Australia lose and it all goes wrong. <laughs> That's but a good I series. think we know the ending to that, sadly, Ricky. But um, but have you been doing it? I see you calling on Channel Four uh, to uh, put the yeah. 2005 Ashes on. What a great idea! Well, I think you know you look at this weather and and this weather you you should be kind of milling around the house with cricket on in the background and it just takes you back to those days where there's just a test match on and you, you know you pop in you pop out um sit and you know have a little doze watching it or whatever and, and have your lunch and and it should just be on throughout the day so i thought yeah something like that i just thought i'd put it out there and and if, if if someone was to put it on all day i think you get a lot of people who just want a bit of normality um and something they can just leave on in the house all day which is what which is what cricket is and what makes it so great to watch yeah there was a great a story idea. the other day, by the way. Of, um, you saw this. Um, Michael Clark apparently has says some of the Aussies, when they've played India, have been sucking up to Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma because they don't want to lose their IPL contracts. They, <laughs> they wouldn't sledge them because they thought if they went too far, they suddenly wouldn't get picked up in the next auction or they'd put a bad word in for them with the owners. And, you know, they are. I mean, they're denying that is the case. But um, what, a, what a weird story. Well, the thing is, you, you normally get that. I mean, you'll see people in, in county cricket, if there's a quick bowler, um, you know, standing at mid-on or something like that, you might see a batter kind of have, try and have a bit of banter with them or something like that. So it's, it's a slightly different level. You're not talking millions of pounds, but you're talking about getting the odd bouncer. So you definitely see certain players kind of, you know, if, if you've got a Dale Stain or a Morday Morkel, they might just be a bit friendlier. Um, mm. You know, walk by, have a chat with them in the morning to try and, uh, try and soften the blow later when they have to face them. But... Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things, I suppose, with, with T20 leagues and, and everything like that. People are probably you know, making sure they look after their contracts. Yeah, true. Perfect. Fantastic. And finally, for me... Oh, yeah, go oh, on, yeah. then. Okay. I thought we were going to a break. So I was just going to say, finally, you, you coach in South Africa, I see. And uh, I'm quite fascinated by the South African cricket season, which for me seems to run from October till about March. They sort of do play a lot, don't they, South Africa? They, they just go from series to series to series. Yeah, I mean, like, they obviously they've got a slightly longer summer than us, haven't they? So I think they... Um... They also, I mean, I've been out there playing, go out there in October, um, and they've already been playing for a few weeks. And a lot of the country, a lot of the um, states out there, they, they can play in the winter because the weather's so good. So I think they, they have a bit less pressure in terms of daylight and rain and stuff like that than we do. Obviously, we're not going to be playing in your um, you know, kind of late October, November because it's getting dark and cold. So, yeah, it's, it's a nice place to spend the winter, that's for sure. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Good afternoon, it's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. We'll tell you just how to do the right amount of exercise during lockdown. We'll also be bringing you Striker, another thrilling instalment of Steve Bruce's Who Done It, courtesy of Ian Danter, and uh, lots more besides. But before that, um, we've been uh, chatting to the Moose over the last couple of weeks. He's kindly put a little quiz together for us based on his extensive uh, programme collection, and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Moose. Hi, Paul. Hi, Andy. How are you both doing? Yeah, we're not too bad. Yeah, it's good. Thanks, Ian. How are you? 
Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How is Can't wait for another three weeks. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> homeschooling. I mean, they're on holiday at the moment. But how's the homeschooling been going for, from your point of view? Yeah, we we have we have mixed. Um, how can I put it? We have kind of mixed um, results on the whole homeschooling front. <laughs> um, the, the, the younger ones, the younger ones, she's quite happy to sit down and do her lessons via, um, you know, house party or whatever. However, the teacher does the lessons, which is all well and good. The older one thinks at the age of seventeen, she's just having a, a massive extended holiday, so uh, she's just chatting to her mates and staying up till four in the morning, which is not exactly, I think, what the whole thing's meant for. But there we go. <laughs> How's your challenge going? I've been watching you online, uh, having a go at the uh, sort of chipping it onto a—is it onto a trampoline or something? What are you actually doing? Yeah, I, I, I put a little box on, on my trampoline, thinking oh. it would be much easier to chip the ball into the box on the trampoline. It would just be chip on the box on, on the floor. Um, it's not going very well. Um, I mean, I might <laughs> might need I might need more than three weeks to, to conquer this one. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's 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 not going very well. I, mean, I did once hit the box. Mm. But not actually get the ball in the box. Most of the time, the ball just sails over the top of said box and trampoline. Uh, occasionally, it actually hits the trampoline, but very rarely does it go anywhere near where it's meant to, which is the box. So, uh, yeah, got a bit of a problem with that one at the moment. I think you'll need to get that yeah, mastered before you can try the Harry Winks kicking a tea bag into a cup. That may take you slightly well, longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be an old man by the time that happens. Yeah, you but say your trampoline, Ian? Is it? I mean, is it yours? Do you keep the kids off it and make sure it's always there for you, or is it the I family, I mean, family <laughs> trampoline? No, I mean the family one. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm not actually, I'm not actually very good on the trampoline. Um, really? there's, there's a shock, isn't it? Big fat I thought you'd be doing a twist with a sort of pipe. I thought you'd be fantastic. I thought you'd be Olympic standing. No, I could. I, I, I could just. I could just do the one where you, you sort of jump up and then you sit down. Sit down and then and you then... stand up again. That's right. The one you yeah. master when you're five. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I, I, I want to know, Ian, how many tins of tuna did you stockpile before all this lockdown? Because I know you do love a tin tuna. Yeah. No. I mean, we always have a, a supply in the house. Um, you know, we never get. We never get down. <laughs> We never get down to the final four. No. Um, so no, I didn't. I didn't stop part. <laughs> I didn't stop part loads of tuna. I, I mean, we have got tuna in the house, but it's in. You know, it's a staple. It's a staple food of of, uh, of what we'd have anyway. So I didn't. I didn't bother stockpiling it because uh, there was a lack of tuna at the beginning, but that seems to have now um, righted itself. So all the tuna in the sea are jumping back into the tins and finding their way onto my local, local supermarket. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't think it works like that, but we won't dwell on that. We'll, um, what, what we'll do instead is uh, enter the first of your golden years. Explain, Ian, how this is going to work for oh, the yes. people who haven't heard it yet. Okay, so I've got about 25,000 football programmes, and occasionally wow. I like to just sort of sit through them or what have you and, and read them. I thought, what a big idea would be to test you on a weekly basis to see if mm. you can just guess the year from yeah. um, you know, a few clues inside the programme, a few players on the back. Mm. Um, and, and an audio clue to go with it. But last night, actually, while I was looking for some uh, some good programs to, to sort of test you with, yeah. I actually came across, uh, mm. which I was very excited about, because I'd even forgot I had them, uh, a whole back list of shoot magazines right. uh, and other other sort of magazines as well, football right. magazines. So I thought, mm-hmm. instead of programs today, we do a couple of football magazines. Oh, okay. If that's okay. Sure. So the yeah. first one, yeah, sure. You, you've got to you've got to guess the year. The first one, this magazine. We don't get. We should point out we won't guess to the end. You're going to give us all the clues, and we think we've got it. Yeah. But we'll we'll keep our powder dry because the listeners can play along and have a go as well. 
Absolutely. So yeah. the first magazine cost 16 pence. Wow. To give you a rough idea wow. of when this hmm. was. It's a Roy of the Rovers magazine. Yeah. And the front cover has Roy being shot. And it says, Roy race shot. And on the bottom it says, the stars pay their tributes inside. If you turn inside, yeah. there's a double page spread of tributes. Paul Mariner signed to get well. Laurie McMenemy. Um, Trevor Francis, Malcolm McDonald, also um, Ernie Wise, Eric Morecambe, and Alf Ramsey as well. So wow, that might it. help give you a clue. It was the year Ooh. that Roy Race got shot. If you still haven't got it, if you turn towards the back, yeah, there's a there's a sort of quiz where you have to. They're not very difficult questions, believe me. Even when I was uh, how old, ten, ten or eleven years old at the time. So Martin mm. Yole is pictured in the West Brom kit. So Martin Blimey. Yole was playing at West Brom, and it says here that Martin Yole just scored to give West Brom their first away win of the season. Oh, at Spurs. So there okay. we go. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> a little dig there. And that opposite him is a picture of Keith Robson, formerly of West Ham and Newcastle. He'd already played for their man, Carlisle, playing for Leicester. So do you know the year or do you need the audio clue? Uh, well, that's that, well, uh, I think I think Andy, what do you think? I've got a feeling it's the same year that JR was shot because I reckon they nicked the whole thing of who shot okay, the Okay, well, let's, race. let's have a listen. Let's have a listen to the audio clue then. The audio clip is right, What a fantastic wow. run! He scored! Amazing goal! Well, that certainly does give it away. I, I would have. Do you know what? I was going to go. I could lie and say I was going to go 1981, but I was going to go 1980. I don't know what Andy was ready for. Well, I wrote 1981 in my book. There he you did. Go. Look, he's not lying. He's showing, me his, he's showing me his book, boys and girls. 19, was that the same year that JR got shot than Andy or not? That's a good question. I was just checking okay. that. I thought okay. it was 83 JR, for some it reason. probably was. Okay. JR shot. I, I, I to, sorry, I just hurriedly put it into Google, and uh, unfortunately it wasn't the word shot, so I got a very different reaction. <laughs> No, to, uh, it was 1980. 1980. So, yeah, they saw JR. They thought, oh, we'll get Roy Race shot as well. You're probably right, actually. So, uh, anyway, marvellous moose. There we are. So, the audio clue was, well, we did give it away, but 1-0 uh, to Andy then because uh, he got it right. Absolutely. So, what's next? which one's next? Right, ne- next one is a magazine called Extra Time and Back Pass. I'm not sure this, is, this magazine <laughs> Great. is still going, but uh, right, there yeah. we go. It uh, certainly is. It cost- <laughs> I think Backpass magazine continues. It may be they maybe they did away with the extra time. I saw our mate Norman Gillard written a piece for the recent one. So I think Backpass. I thought they like got vin- rid of the Backpass years ago. Well, that's the whole point of it. It's <laughs> it, that's the point of the because it's vintage football. It's talking about football in the seventies. Ah, okay. um, um, so that's why it's out there. So I think I think it continues. You, you think? Okay, fine, fair enough. Yeah. Right. Okay. It costs four pounds twenty. Hmm. This this particular year, oh, um, okay. I'll give you some clues. Inside, it's got what do you call? It's quite a lot of money. Four pound twenty. Right. Was it, when was it? Last week? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it's not last week. <laughs> right. Okay. It says here uh, from the stat man who was writing for them at the time when Spurs beat Chelsea. This this is a big clue. Okay. Yeah. When Spurs beat Chelsea five three on New Year's Day, it oh, was the yeah. first time a Blues team Ooh, led by Jose yeah. Mourinho had conceded four more goals in a game. Yeah. 
won Chelsea the title yeah. that year because uh, he went back to basics, didn't he? He went he went back to old school Jose and, and you won the title. I think we basically Tottenham won Chelsea the title. That the result that mm. turned turned the season stopped being quite it's so good, expensive. Yeah. yeah if yeah. you need another if you need another clue, there was mm-hmm. a bit about Fulham in the FA Cup, and it says here Fulham. Uh, may have made a stuttering start to their first season outside the Premier League in 13 years. Yeah. So it's Fulham's first season outside the Premier League in 13 years. Yeah. And I'll give you one other clue before we get to the... Actually, should we just go to the audio clue, shall we? Go to the audio clue. Let's already. get the audio on. clue. I've written yeah. it on a piece Let's of paper for Andy. <laughs> Diego Costa, tight angle, deflected. Touch of fortune that Chelsea needs. The danger that is Diego Costa. And it may well have clinched the Capital One Cup. Yeah, Andy's seeing it backwards. I'm showing to him on House Party to show I've not been cheating. <laughs> no, no, I see it. Too... Yeah, I saw that, but I, I thought it was... Uh, you've got 2015, haven't I you? I thought it was the start of 2000, two... January 2015, I thought. Um, I, I, thought that was Conte. I thought it was 2013. No, February February... February 2015, that uh, Paul was almost oh, okay. spot on to the exact month. Okay. It was February. Four pounds twenty a magazine cost then. It's oh the magazine was February, five. okay, but the game was the game was a, it was a New Year's Day game, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? I just not that yeah, I remember it, was, it yeah. with any great fondness, obviously, seared <laughs> into my brain. Uh yeah. Yeah. Kane yeah. uh, Rose, uh, Townsend and Chadley. I seem to remember. Um off the top of my head. So um I blanked that one. Yeah, Andy's, Andy's, <laughs> Andy's forgotten that game. He's had enough wins over Tottenham. He can't possibly remember them all. Um, the, audio, the audio, by the way, was was the was the League Cup final of that year. Obviously, where he, Chelsea beat Spurs two 0 Yes, I, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'd gone, oh, yeah, I'd, course, I'd gone yeah. before the end. <laughs> I'd left. I was. I think I was in probably in the green man. That's not about two minutes after the game had finished, drowning my sorrows. It's not the. It's not the idea of it. It's not the idea of it, Paul, to leave football matches before the end. Yeah, I, did, I. I didn't see a way back at that point. Really, I, I, I didn't want to see all the Chelsea fans happy, and then I pretend I was very happy for Andy afterwards when I phoned him. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the way we work when Chelsea play Spurs. So very good, Moose. So what other? So all your other magazines. I mean, they must be worth a few quid, two and a half thousand programs. Not you'd ever sell, I'm sure. No, I don't. I don't, don't think they're worth it. I don't know if they're worth anything at all. Actually, I mean, you know. Uh, have you got any I, rare I, I, ones? Do you have any? Like you haven't got the twenty-three cup final or anything like that, have you? <laughs> uh, I honestly don't know. The one thing I never did as a kid was catalogue them. So right. I don't actually know what I've got till I sit down in front of a box and open them and. And have a good look, and uh, um, you know, good look inside them. But no, yeah, I, well. I, it was, well, I think you're going to have time now. If you stop playing on your trampoline and trying to get a ball in a bucket, <laughs> you'd sit there and catalogue them all. They might be worth a fortune. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a little look. <laughs> <laughs> but there we Brilliant. go. So, so uh, Roy, the, Roy the Rovers from twenty from 1981, and uh, extra time back past 2015. So uh, fantastic! Well done. Most... You drew one all there. We're, yeah, there's a draw. That's a, I take a draw most of the time. The Hawks um, Jacobs. Cheers. Uh, thanks, Moose. We'll catch up with you next Hawks week. Sports. Tiger still held his Masters Champions dinner on the air of what would have been the tournament. So that mm. was very sweet. He donned the famous green jacket and ate with his girlfriend and kids. And uh, yeah, I think it was a nice thing to do. We'll talk to Bob about that as well. Yeah. Um, now, did you see this? That a historian has sparked uproar by claiming the pasty, the Cornish pasty, was not invented in Cornwall. Wow, no, well, this, it's, it's, not, it's not Professor Hughes. Charlie Baker, is it? <coughs> no, <laughs> he exactly. would get right behind this one, I think. 
Uh, he probably would, but horrified fan Kathy Thomas called the findings rubbish. But I think who is a horrified pasty fan? Does she wear the replica kit? Has it got past? <laughs> is it sort of pasty colours? Pasty it's fan, mad, yeah. Who's a fan of the pasty? Uh, and I often look at the court circular uh, during the year and some of the goings on at the palace. I'm very fascinated by all that. But I've, I've noticed a new thing now. It's, it's all done by phone. So the Archbishop of Canterbury had an audience uh, with the Queen via the phone, which is probably, you know, better for both of them. They've got to travel. And then this one, by command of Her Majesty, Mr. Alastair Harrison, Marshal of the Diplomatic Corps, telephoned His Excellency, Mr. Datuk Mohammed Sadiq bin Kathagani this afternoon in order to bid farewell to him. I think it's so much better that neither mm. of them had to be. He didn't have to bother to go in and the other bloke had to say to him, oh, well done, thanks very much for being the ambassador. And he said, oh, yeah, here's the next guy. They just do it on the phone. I think that might be a new, that might be the way forward. Yeah, but save on, uh, save on posh cars for ferrying people around, <laughs> wouldn't it, really? Just phone up and say, yeah, yeah cheers, then. It's good knowing you. <laughs> And then uh, oh, it's uh, Prince Charles and Camilla's fifteenth uh, wedding anniversary uh, today. Yeah, what's fifteen years? Do you know what them. it is? What is? Do you know what fifteen years is, Andy? In terms of the yeah, I do because it's it's crystal, and you know oh, why I know that? No. Yeah, because Arthur Edwards, the royal photographer, has been writing uh-huh. about it in his see. normal, critical, highly critical of the royal family way. Yeah. <laughs> I followed the royal couple on engagements all over the world and seen firsthand they were meant for each other. He's like Sylvie Crin, isn't he, in, in the <laughs> private eye. Three years ago, on the eve of their 12th wedding anniversary, I was with them on a plane heading home from a successful tour of Canada. I remark, congratulations on your anniversary tomorrow. As you can see him practically falling over as he says it. Camilla turned to Charles and asked him, did you remember? And the prince confessed, I forgot. Camilla shook her head and laughed. Typical man. Together they're a great team. Happy, yeah. happy crystal anniversary to you both. And uh, he shares some of You always seem massively surprised that the royal photographer, Arthur Edwards, who's worked in that job for over 30 odd years, is pro-royalist. You seem you to think he should be like, he can't stand any of them. We wouldn't want to do that. It'd be like being a football reporter and you hate football. Well, just, some of them do. It wouldn't make any sense. And now there's some people coming to sport during lockdown. This was a bizarre little letter from uh, somebody called Asolia Vitam. She is 46. She never played football in her life. No interest in the game, playing it, watching it, nothing. But uh, she's in lockdown in a house, and one of her housemates has got a son who's eight. And he obviously said to her one day, oh, we can play football in the garden with me. So, you know, she said, yeah, sure. And she's got into it. She said, we run laps around the garden to warm up. We watch videos with tips of how to practice. Uh, then we finish off with a game, like well, you know, one aside, obviously. Um, I'm not very good, but I enjoy it. And I can notice myself getting better. I'm considering joining an amateur team once we're out. And that's bizarre, isn't it? Someone who's actually got into the sport when they can't really play it. So many opportunities over the years to oh, play 11 nice. against 11 or the room. No, it is a nice story. It's good. And I hope she, yeah, hope she gets a team. That would be fantastic. Well done to uh, Josh Butler as well. He got over 65 grand for his... Uh, it, might, it couldn't have been easier to part with that, what anybody says. It, you know, that's a huge memory for him. And he, he, he gave it up, oh, yeah. didn't well, he, for uh, the Royal Brompton Hospital. I, and, I uh, did think... I was just going to say, I did think, I, I kind of expected it to reach a bit more. I know times are difficult and everything, but it's a wonderful piece of memorabilia there. Mm. 65 grand is tremendous. I'm not saying it's it isn't. It's a lot of money. Somehow, I somehow, I know, I somehow thought it would go it's for a about shirt, grand. It? It's why. a shirt. <laughs> no, I know that. But <laughs> yeah. it's an iconic shirt. And pe- it is. Some of these people that 
you know, collect memorabilia and are very wealthy. I, I thought they might go for a bit more, but it's still excellent. The thing is, so I'm not it went critical. online, and so many of these auction items go when someone's had a couple of bottles of good red and a bit of bravado. They're surrounded by their rich peers, and they get egged on. And that's good from the charity's point of view. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But, you know, I think in that cold, hard environment, when maybe they're sober, I mean, you can drink and uh, go on the internet, but I think there's, there's less kind of bravado about it. I think that must affect some of the pricing, but it, mm. it was. It smelt, apparently, of uh, Josh was saying that he wore it after the game. He wore it till 6 o'clock the following morning, so it was a heady mix of sweat beer and uh, champagne, and he said it did properly stink. He said there is no doubt it's a match-worn shirt. <laughs> really. But it is. It's, it's fantastic and uh, brilliant of him to do it, and it is one of the great iconic items in sports memorabilia. There. What, a, yeah. what a moment that was, you know, tremendous. So, yeah, well, well done to him for yeah, that. Yeah, fantastic. Now, and, uh, Gareth, uh, but Gareth, oh, go on. We're going we're gonna to have to crack on. We can come. We're going to have to talk oh, a, sure. a little bit later on. Uh, no, just no, time for fine. Stuart Weir to tell us. So Matt Busby and a Busby. That's a brilliant one, isn't it? It's, uh, it's very, <laughs> very good. Thank good. you, Stuart, for that. Perfect. Because uh, Andy saw um, Roger Federer in a fedora, uh, not, not in the street, obviously not in Chiswick, uh, walking past his house, but in the papers. So let's bring you Stryker. Uh, and this is uh, Steve Bruce's murder mystery. Steve Barnes is the manager of Lettersford Town. He's been in, implicated in a murder. His assistant manager seems very keen for him to get sent down for it. Let's give you a flavour of what's happened so far. I went down to the locker room. Young Pat Duffy was stretched out on the floor in a pool of blood. I went over and pulled the knife from his back. That's how it was when Carberry came in. I phoned the fuzz, he said. Eddie was a bit of a nomad, even as coach. When he joined, the team was languishing near the bottom of the first. I was brought in to stop the rot. For me, that meant a whole new coaching staff. There was no place in my scheme for a man like Eddie Carberry. So there we are. Uh, this is really a book written by Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager, striker one of three, wrote in the late 90s. And so let's pick up the story. I looked up at Eddie's face, twisted with envy. Lack of information feeds rumour. I had no doubt that the story had been embellished a hundred times already. Some member of the ancillary staff was probably swearing on oath that he'd not only seen me with the knife in my hand, but had actually seen me deliver the fatal blow and phoning the guys on the national newspapers or even local TV or sending Jim White into a frenzy saying, Twitch has gone into an absolute meltdown here, Natalie. I walked round the desk. Do you mind, Eddie? He pretended not to understand. What was that, Steve? I'd like to sit in my chair. Oh yes, of course. He stood up. Your chair. I believe I'm paid to be coach of the first team, Eddie. The last thing I wanted was an argument. I had enough to concern me without seeking further trouble. How long can it last, though? I beg your pardon, I said. With all this, he said, I'm sure it'll be sorted out, Eddie. I sighed. The guy was working on my nerves, and at the very time I needed to be calm. After all, the law would be arriving soon, and they would have a battery of questions. Sorted out? Eddie sounded incredulous. You say that when you were caught with a murder weapon in your hands. What the hell are you saying, Eddie? Now it was my turn to be surprised. 
I'll have to tell the truth, Steve, to the police. What is the truth, Eddie? I asked, and I admit that now it was my turn to sneer. What is the truth? There was a knock on the door. I turned, expecting to see Julie ushering in Harry Pickles. In fact, she showed in two guys, although they were in plain clothes, it was clear that they were police officers. The first one flashed a warrant card. Detective Chief Inspector Shannon, he said. He closed the warrant card without giving me a chance to examine it. Please sit down, gentlemen. Julie offered to take their coats, but they declined. Anything to drink? I asked. Both said they'd take coffee. Two coffees, Julie, I said, and more chamomile tea. I heard Eddie Carberry snort involuntarily. I hadn't asked him what he would take to drink. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Lovely what a cameo there that was. from Jim. I wonder if some of the information we're getting is sort of extraneous or important. Like, the, the warrant card has been flashed. He didn't get a chance to look at it. Is the bloke a real cop or not? Is he Eddie's son-in-law? I'm just making this stuff up now. But, Detective uh, Inspector Mick Shannon. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was great to see. Yeah, and a lovely yes, a lovely cameo from uh, Jim there uh, as well. So good work there from Dance, bringing bringing to life excellent uh, once a day. Steve Bruce's murder mystery striker and the plot it really literally does thicken, uh, doesn't it? So yes. we'll bring you we'll bring you another thrilling installment. Unlike the book, that's quite a thin volume. <laughs> it's not the weightiest of tomes. Hundred and twenty eight pages, and it finishes with the words "the end." In case you were uh, marvellous, the fact it was the last page and there were no more pages didn't give it away. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on Talksport. Well, um, probably at this very point of the show, we would have been crossing to uh, Bob Bubka uh, at the Masters uh, to get an update on <laughs> the first day's play that had gone underway a few hours before. Um, but alas, of course, as you're probably aware, uh, there is no Masters. It's been postponed. It will happen uh, later in the year. So we thought on this day, because he's probably bereft and missing his uh, pimento cheese sandwich, um, Bob Bumpka, the voice of golf, joins us. Hi, Bob. Hey, good morning, guys, or good afternoon in, in your aspect. And, and you're right, the Thursday, uh, the, you know, the launch of, of another Masters and I can't help but to try and give an example of how different this tournament is uh, over anything else in the world. Uh, I had an opportunity to go to uh, the Masters long before uh, I was broadcasting, and I went with three other guys, and uh, we had some fun the night before, and I, I remember laying in bed. It was about four thirty, five o'clock when when the biggest golf nut in our group was shaking me, get up, get up, we got to get going, we got to get going. I look at my clock, it's 5 in the morning, and finally I say to him, where are we going? It's 5 in the morning. He says, they're setting the pins. They're setting the pins. <laughs> Back then, uh, the gates were open, and we would gather, there would be about 50 of us at the first green, and then three guys, masters, officials, would come walking out, and they'd walk around the green very methodically, and and then they'd check uh, the wind reports, and and then finally uh, one gentleman would p- 
put his finger down on the green, everybody would clap. That's where the hole was going to be on number one for the round <laughs> one. So I said, wait a minute. This, this is different than, than anything I, I've ever experienced. And you know what I missed this morning, guys? Mm. And this is going to probably sound real crazy to your listeners. Uh, but the honorary starters uh, would yeah. get uh, the tournament underway. Uh, and right now it's Jack Nicholas and Gary Player. However, they handle it completely different. Gary Player shows up at the range at about 30 minutes before the allotted opening shot, and he's got all his clubs. He hits his wedges. He hits his irons. He hits his three woods, then fairway woods, and then finally driver, uh, and then walks to the first tee to hit one shot. And Meanwhile, Jack Nicholas shows up on the range. He's carrying his driver. He's talking to everybody. He takes four or five swings with his driver, and then he heads to the first tee. So two complete, completely different approaches. Gary Player warming up like he's going to play the whole whole round of golf, and, and Jack Nicholas taking, uh, for what it's worth, the opening ceremonial tee shot. Fantastic. It- it's one of <clears throat> it's one of my favourite sporting events of the year, and I think Bob, what's so great about it is are the rituals. I mean, for example, the par three competition the day before, the choice of dinner from the champion from the year before, the flowers, and of course the green jacket. There's so many traditions with this tournament that make it so great. No, you're right, Andy. And the, that par three contest has blossomed uh, over the years. Players have their wives, caddy. They have their young children, caddy. Uh, a remarkable event uh, two years occurred when uh, Jack Nicholas playing in the par three with his grandson caddying. He was 16 years old. Uh, it was on the high school golf team so he could play. They get to the ninth hole, and Jack says to his grandson, Gary, do you want to hit a shot? And he's wearing the white uh, overalls that all caddies have to wear. Uh, he takes a club out of the bag makes a swing, and knocks it in for a hole-in-one. Jack Nicholas to this day, tells us that his biggest thrill, and here's somebody that's won six <laughs> green jackets, his biggest thrill was watching his grandson make a hole-in-one at the par three contest. Fantastic. Now, we, we were, they've decided they've kind of frozen qualifying for the Masters, but which is good news for Graham McDowell. So whoever qualified for the April date will appear uh, in, the, um, in the competition when it takes place uh, in November. So that's, that's good news for Graham and one or two other players. So yeah. uh, that's great. No, no, that is great news, Paul. The, uh, the only uh, fly in the ointment that I see, uh, you know, anybody that watches the Masters on, on television uh, with the CBS coverage, uh, one thing that you're keenly aware of, of all the birds that are chirping. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's part of the tradition. Well, apparently they have a union, and their union says they only have to chirp in April. So we don't know what they're going to be able to do in November. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's going to, be, it's going to have a oh, different then. feel to it. It's bound well, to. It's it a kind of completely different season. But uh, since we last spoke as well, Bob, I mean, most of the, I think all of the major U.S. Uh, events have been rescheduled um, or, or are still kind of in the pipeline. But we've seen the Open cancelled, Bob, actually cancelled, which was pretty huge from our point of view over here. Yeah, it really was. And, and 
I think that, uh, you know, because next year, if, had everything been normal, next year we'd be celebrating the 150th anniversary of the Open Championship, and it was going to be held at, at, at St. Andrews. Now, there cannot be a bigger event in golf, 150th anniversary of a tournament being conducted at St. Andrews. So rather than uh, get that all messed up, they, they did cancel the Open Championship. Next year we'll be playing at, at Royal St. George's. And then the following year uh, it'll be the 150th playing of the Open Championship. And, and God willing, we'll be at St. Andrews uh, as part of the coverage. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Here, here, Bob. And uh, but when Paul and I were talking about speaking to you uh, this morning, we were talking about it on the phone, and he raised a very interesting question. He said to me, I wonder if Bob's ever tried on a green jacket. Yeah, I wonder thought, if one of the winners that question. you know well, and you've known many of them, one of them, one of them has ever said, go on, Bob, just, just try it on, Bobby. Slip it on. Try it on for size. <laughs> Have you ever had the pleasure? Well, I, I've been told that that's that strictly taboo. Uh, by master's officials, matter of fact, more than one. But uh, having gone there so long and covered it for so many years, they've now put a caveat on. They said, Bob, the first time somebody your size wins the Masters, we'll let you try that jacket on. But I think they're still being very safe. So there's players over the years you've got behind because, they're, because they have the fuller figure like yourself, Bob. Is that right? Every year I look for the heaviest guy in the field and I, I root for him the hardest because that's my only chance. Oh, good stuff. And, uh, and uh, how you how you kind of coping generally in, in, in lockdown, Bob? How is it where you are in the States? Well, we're, we're in Texas. Mm. Uh, I'm in the studio that uh, that we have used for many years here. It's uh, So that aspect's not too different, but uh, it's just cruel uh, what what's happening and, uh, you know, everybody's way of life is, is changed. And, you know, they say, well, it's going to be X number of uh, months before we get back to normal. I, I don't think we'll ever get back to normal, but I hope we get back to where every little thing that you get to do, uh, you're going to appreciate a little bit more. Mm. I mean, just a simple thing, going to a restaurant mm. and sitting uh, uh, with some friends or uh, going to a pub and, and, and sitting up and, and, and having a beer. All the things that we mm. did for so many years and, and you know, just took for granted uh, like it's supposed to happen. I mean, it's going to be a glorious day uh, when I get to sit against, uh, sit alongside Rupert Bell and he starts yeah. in on that, on that wine like he does. Uh, and, you know, after about two or three bottles, you get some great stories out of Rupert Bell, who, by the way, is now doing a flower show, mm. uh, a vegetable growing, a gardener's show. That's what it I is. Know, we've um, had on, on TV. Rupert Bell, a versatile Rupert Bell. He tried 20 years to do golf right. I think now he's trying to see if he can be a gardener. <laughs> well, Bob, Brilliant. keep safe. Good to Thank talk you. to you. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks very much. Hey, love it, guys. Thank you. There we are. The great Bob Bubka there. Should have been at the Masters for us today, but uh, sadly, that's going to have to wait till yeah. November. It's true what Bob says. You do wonder that, you know, we, that old kind of don't sweat the small stuff thing will change um, once we're through this, but you do sense uh, after a period, people will get back into yeah. their old routines, won't they? You yeah. can imagine. Probably. I'd love we'll to see, see. No, Chelsea, be Chelsea get beat 5-0 at home and you say, oh, well, 
it's only football. We'll know. We'll know uh, the world's a very different place should that happen. Yeah, from a man who got annoyed at a 3 2 defeat in 2001 the other night. I don't think that's happening. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. Now, if you're a fan of Taskmaster and and, uh, you follow Alex Horn and the guys on Twitter, you'll know they've been setting home tasks on a regular basis during lockdown. And we're very pleased to say, uh, as a regular guest on the show, Alex joins us now. Alex, good to talk to you. Hello, Andy. Hello, Paul. How are you? You're in pristine quality. Uh, we're, we're very, we're very fortunate, aren't we, that uh, that you have your own state-of-the-art broadcasting equipment on hand. There's a reason for that. I have a wife who uh, has state-of-the-art broadcasting uh, in the home because she's uh, one of your stable mates. She's um, the newsreader on the Chris Evans Breakfast Show on Virgin, in yeah. the same building as you. So she's been broadcasting from home for three weeks because our seven-year-old had a temperature and is fine. So, um, so yeah. So this is why I sound so great today. <laughs> you you always sound great. Now this yeah. is this is tremendous fun that you're doing. You've had a, a, an amazing reaction to it, I think. Yeah, I'm really pleased. It's nice to feel um, useful, you know, at times like this. So, not that there have been many times like this, but I, it's a it's a project called home tasking. So when the when the schools were shut, I like many people was was stuck at home with my three kids. So some parents got in touch, said, could you could you set us some tasks to do at home? So we sent one on Twitter, and yeah, the responses were um, were hilarious. Some some were brilliant, some were bad, just like the show, and it sort of caught on. So yeah, we're doing two a week, and, it, and people are doing it all all around the world, and um, it's sort of taken over my lockdown, which is which is good. I feel uh, vaguely useful. 
Give us a flavour of the ones, the sort of things you've been doing so far then, Alex. Well, we've just blown the whistle on uh, this week's one, which was silently recreate an iconic movie scene. And uh, so you have 20 seconds. Each video needs to be 20 seconds. Otherwise, we can't watch, watch them all. Mm. So we had a lot of Indiana Jones, a lot of uh, The Matrix, a lot of Jurassic Park. But, the, but people really go to extremes because you have 30 hours to do it so that people around the world, no matter what time it is, can do it. And people do seem to be spending exactly 30 hours <laughs> preparing. There's prosthetic <laughs> limbs. There's a lot of special effects. Uh, there's a lot of children dressed up as characters from things like The Shining. There's some pretty inappropriate stuff. So it's something for everyone. Have you been surprised? <laughs> they, they, I was going to say, Alex, have you been surprised by the, the way this has been embraced? I'm sure uh, chuffed, but uh, surprised just the effort that people have gone to. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly surprised by anything that goes well. But um, <laughs> I, I really am. I think it's, it's touched a nerve because people who like the show have always wanted to be on the show. And this is a chance for that. So Greg judges the winner. I sent him mm. my favourite 10 and then he picks. And he does stress about it. He picks the, the favourite. And both of us are worried that, we are, that we're disappointing thousands of people now if they don't make it into the montage. We put a montage up on YouTube. Mm. And if people don't make it onto that, I feel awful for them. But I think people are enjoying just taking part and then watching what other people are doing and interpreting things in in their own way and it's it's lovely to see in people's houses and people by themselves doing it people with kids there's a lot of animals involved <laughs> so yeah i am surprised a, i'm, I'm really you, touched there's a youtube channel sorry to interrupt you there Alex. there's a youtube channel isn't there where people can see all this stuff yeah it's just mm. youtube.com forward slash taskmaster that's it so yeah we put up our favorite ones uh, but if you just use the hashtag home tasking on twitter you can see Literally thousands. You could spend the rest of the lockdown watching other people's videos. Now, I don't know what sort of build-up to a new series you have, but you, you were due back later this year on on mm. Channel 4, of course, moved to Channel 4. So has it, has it disrupted your filming yet, Alex? It has disrupted it. We're, we're hoping to still hit our schedule. We're meant to be on Channel 4 in October, and mm. we, we filmed nearly all the tasks, but um, not the studio bit, and that's where we need a, people to be allowed to gather so uh, yeah, of course. We, we might try to do it with a smaller audience, but we, we, we're just going to have to wait and see. So um, fingers crossed. Yes, absolutely. And you, you, you've also been doing offering some horn section stuff as well, I can see from your Twitter account. Yeah, we're trying to keep busy, especially for musicians who've lost all, all work for the foreseeable yeah. future. So we're, we're recording things in our own homes and then gathering on Zoom, which I'm struggling to like, um, <laughs> to, to, to sort of play each other our songs and talk. We, we haven't yet worked out a way of playing together at the same time over technology but we'll, we'll get there yeah now we, we touch on the thorny topic of football which mm. does sort of pale into insignificance even Sadio Mane was uh, saying you're a fine player as a Liverpool fan saying it's all about getting people better you know it, it doesn't really matter football at the moment but there will come a point when we have to deal with the, the fact that um, we need to finish a season or not I mean how have you viewed this as a Liverpool fan being being so tantalisingly close well it's it's sort of drifted into more and more of an irrelevance, I, th mm. I think. But, I mean, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was mainly just people sending me messages laughing that, that, that this year Liverpool <laughs> still won't win. And then those jokes have dried up. And, yeah, I I do miss match day. And I miss, you know, a, a goal being scored in any match and having that moment of joy. And in terms of the season, I don't know. I, I feel like they will wrap it up. I, I was listening to your news just then saying the EFL want to wrap it up. Mm. And... Um, you know, it feels like there must must be a way. I'm, if I'm honest, I'm more worried about Cheshire United and those clubs who are fine, struggle anyway financially and now 
um, are going to need a lot of help. So that and they were they were second in the league as well. So that season's been wrapped up. So I, I you know, it's it's yet another worry. Yeah, I was going to mention that you're very heavily involved with Chesham, mm. and and I mean we just chatted to Jeff Stelling about. Hartley Paul and you know with Chesham obviously even further down the food mm. chain these must be really tough times for clubs at, at that level yeah I mean they've they've needed financial help for you know for a while from the chairman mm. and they need gates to pay for the for the land for the rent so um, I don't know what's going to happen I think people in the town are going to have to help have to help out but you know everyone's having to help out all sorts of people so it's hard to know where the pecking order is so I mean I'm hoping things will be relaxed and uh and they will survive, but I'm sure not all clubs will. Have you... Um, what's, um, oh, sorry, Andy, no you carry on. No, I was just going to ask Alex, what's hashtag bad golf? Well, just explain a bit about that. Well, <laughs> you know, I like to have fingers <laughs> in every pie. So I, I, play, <laughs> um, I play golf with my friend John Robbins, mm. who's on uh, a different radio station. He's oh, a Canadian. Yeah. And we're both sub... Uh, we're sort of 20 handicappers. And we felt that on YouTube, there's lots of golf channels, but they're all played by people who are really good at golf. And so that wasn't that entertaining. So we filmed ourselves playing because this way you never know where the, ball, where the ball's going to go. And John swears a lot. And uh, so, yeah, it's us playing golf, really. And, it's, yeah, it's been fun. But we've um, surprisingly had to put that on hold as well. But, there, yeah, there's a ton of videos. If you want to watch two middle-aged men uh, struggling on a golf course, if that's going to ease your pain at the moment... Mm. Look up that. <laughs> you've been, yeah, like a lot of people, you've been you've been homeschooling, and a mate of mine, Sean, who I go to the Spurs games with, he's doing that, and he says, "I'm really dreading the Ofsted." So, <laughs> how are you? How are you finding the whole thing? Uh, I'm quite pleased with my children. I'm slightly disappointed with you. Learn a lot about yourself. I'm <laughs> such a I'm quite an anal teacher. I'm focusing a lot on uh, punctuation. <laughs> Yeah. I'm quite short-tempered, which I didn't realise. Um, so they're, they're, yeah, they are, they're, they're learning a lot <laughs> about me. Uh, no, I'm quite enjoying it. It's quite a privilege, you know, to spend this much time with your kids and to see what they're like. And we, I, we're trying to embrace it. We're camping in the garden tonight because you know stuff you would never ever do because you're normally too busy. So I'm, I am genuinely quite enjoying uh, a few elements of this, and and the children is one of them so far. Excellent. So, when will the next task be up, uh, Alex? Monday morning, 9am. So, it's Monday and Wednesday. We're doing that for as long as we can, you know, as long as we can sustain that and uh, while the schools are shut. And the results of this one are up uh, 8 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And do do have a look. They are amazing, some of these ones. And it it does bring you a lot of joy. You know, there's firemen getting involved and there's people in zoos Mm. because people are still in zoos looking after the animals. So, you see all aspects of life. A lot of farmers are doing it for some reason. So, it's, yeah, have, have a look. Brilliant. Okay, good to talk to you, Alex. Take care. We'll catch you up with you guys. Stay safe. There we are. Alex Hall there. Comedian uh, Taskmaster. Go and check out uh, Alex's uh, Twitter feed, Home Tasking, and you can uh, give it a go yourselves and go to YouTube and uh, see the best of them. It is, uh, Paul. There's been nine series. Sorry, I was just going to say there's been nine series. I only really got it. They're all available. I only really got into the last series fully. It's a brilliant show, isn't it? It's great fun Mm. and very inventive. Yeah, it looks like, uh, fingers crossed, they can they can get on air when they hope to uh, a little bit later on this year. Um, we're just talking about Liverpool. They're Manchester United uh, in the news uh, today, of course, Andy. You probably uh, saw that story <coughs> about uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think he was having a chat with uh, Gary Neville, uh, wasn't he? And um, uh, they would, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer admitted that they would be in the perfect position with their fairly deep pockets organically grown 
to exploit the transfer market after the pandemic. And it felt a little bit unedifying using the word exploit. And even Gary said afterwards um, that uh, he wished he hadn't used the word exploit. So I thought I'd go and find a few synonyms and see if it sounds any better. So capitalise <laughs> on the market. Abuse, manipulate, no. profit from, bleed or fleece. It's not getting any better, is it? I can't think no, whatever other it, word he would have chosen. It, look, to be fair to the club, they've, they've done. Some, we've heard in the news there they've done some fantastic things, like a lot of people in football. But it yeah. just was a touch distasteful. You know, in other words, we're so big, and we'll take advantage of people who are less big and have less money, and we'll be able to hoover up all the big, the best players. And I thought, mm, you know, we don't really need to hear that now. So, but uh, there you go. He said it, and it's done. But as a club, they've done a lot of good stuff, so you can't be too critical. There was uh, the, uh, Christian Seifert, who's from the Bundesliga, has also been saying, Andy, that um, the transfer market is going to completely change. You know, you just won't recognise it. It will not exist. It will collapse. So deadline day with Jim is going to be amazing, isn't it? That's what I am just hearing. 20 quid. <laughs> Jaden Sancho has joined Manchester United for £85. That's rising to £95 to 50 England appearances. It'd be great, wouldn't it? It's going to be really hard for Jim that day. Uh, no, like for, not common. The, he's gone for folding money. Yeah, it will be like transfer <laughs> deadline down about 1937. It'll be great. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. And we'll return tomorrow from one. And uh, we'll be uh, bringing the clips of the week and uh, lots more besides. So until then, thanks so much for listening. Is there anything else you want to say, Andy? Well, I was just going to say, what I'll take away from today's show is Alan Knott's landing. I really enjoyed that. That's it. Such a great idea. Uh, I think that could be a show. Let's see if we can get it away. I think it's quite difficult with the TV companies at the moment. They haven't got a lot of money. I don't think they're going to be spending it on an old Kent and England wicketkeeper uh, and the, the link to his bedrooms. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Okay. It's a no from me, I'm afraid. Oh, I see. So, okay. <laughs> well, um, we'll see you tomorrow from one. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.